0: You're listening to a special edition of the Outpost Podcast with Dr. Ray Mitch. Well, welcome everybody to uh, another special edition, actually, of the Outpost podcast. I thought I would put this together just to start out the year to give you an idea of um, what is so important, really, to the heartbeat of SGI, and that is within the context of the silent retreats that we do, and one easy way to do that is to ask a few of my the people that have been a part of our retreats to take some time and describe what their experiences have been like, what have been significant for them what have been um, what has been uh, turning points, what insights do they draw from it and so these uh, special edition podcasts are really meant to uh, set aside from the usual source. And we're doing it old school, so we don't have video uh, to um, uh, <laughs> assault you with. And that's the way I see it, just for what it's worth. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's what today is. I've got two different people that I'd like for you to hear from. The first one is uh, one of the leaders. He's a co-leader with me, Dr. Bill Saxby. Um, and he is uh, a professor of psychology and dean emeritus at Colorado Christian University. We have been uh, working together for these 15 years that I've been here. He was the guy that hired me, and uh, he got uh, turned on to um, doing silent retreats with me. I harassed him for a good two to three years just to see if I could get him interested, and once I did, um, he has never turned back, and he's been a part of the team, to uh, facilitate and to lead the groups that we do, which is partly unique to what what we do as a silent retreat. So so you're going to hear from him first, and then there will be a brief uh, interlude where I will set up who my next person is. Another uh, actual veteran, he has, uh, Mr. Cody Adair, he has been... um, in uh, on on these retreats since uh, he started coming to ccu and he has had a wild ride i think he would say pretty easily in terms of what he's learned to the point where he's, he is uh now pursuing his graduate degree at denver seminary and counseling and and uh, has actually led one of these uh retreats for other guys uh, that have been part of a group that i lead at ccu so um, so before, uh, when we get started, uh, it's going to be Dr. Bill Saxby first, and you will hear my voice in the background, uh, and you will get to hear from him, his observations and thoughts about the silent retreat and what is so important about it. Uh, and then I'll, uh, come back and introduce Cody for you to be able to hear from him.
1: So, uh, what number retreat is this for you? 23. Okay, and um, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself.
2: Okay, I'm Dr. Bill Saxby. Um, I'm a professor of psychology at CCU and a former dean, and I have been at that university since 2001. I've had private practice for over 13 years, and uh, I taught at Nyack College for nine years prior to coming to CCU. My very brief history of my connection with the Silent Spirit Retreats is that uh, Dr. Mitch um, asked me to help in supporting those retreats early on. He also asked me to join them, and it wasn't until a few years after he had begun that I actually came, and it was uh, March of 2012 was my first time here. One of the common themes that I've seen of for our students, and actually for myself early on, was that finding a place of silence and solitude was really important to be able to actually listen to or listen for God's voice. And God showed up in a variety of ways. And one of the things that I've seen over the years is that students have a difficult time with the silence and solitude initially, and then they thrive on it. It's the time when... um, they're connecting to themselves as well as God is connecting to them. And it isn't necessarily just in terms of their own personal experience. It oftentimes is in the experiences uh, that they ex- that they have during the debriefing in the evenings, where listening to one another, there are kind of very positive triggers of what's actually happening in their, their own lives. And many times what we find is that the students, as in this particular retreat, find that there are issues deep down in their own hearts that don't allow them to see themselves as Christ sees them. They end up seeing themselves as shame-filled, guilt-ridden, unworthy of anybody else's care or love. And although they are looking for that care and love and they thrive on it once they find it, and learn to accept it, um, they have a very difficult time overcoming the noise of the world that tells them to be in one particular way when their hearts are trying to move them in a different way. And so what I'm reminded of is um, Jesus uh, asking us to be countercultural. And that counterculturalism comes with a heavy price for a lot of our students, a lot of the retreatants uh, because part of that price is to take a look at themselves and see how they have followed the culture rather than have been, been countercultural.
1: So um, the young people, the students, the people out there listening to this, and they listen to that and they go, uh-uh, I'm not up for that. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Why put yourself
2: through this? Because their hearts are actually asking for it. They don't necessarily know that that's what they're looking for. Um, And so why put you through the time of silence and solitude and having to be left with your own thoughts? And a lot of us don't like to be left with our own thoughts. Um, And that is because it's actually how we have been created. We've been created for those relationships of deep abiding love and care for one another in a safe place. And there are a lot of not very safe places in the world today. Um, Our our students experience it in terms of ways in which uh, people interact with one another. And for those who actually look at the world stage, they find nothing but discouragement. Um, And there isn't a lot of news out there that is very positive in nature. And so they just kind of turn themselves off. But they also turn themselves off to their own very nature. And this gives them an opportunity, in a safe place, uh, to look to that very nature that God has created us with, to have those kinds of relationships that that dig deeper into our, <coughs> excuse me into our lives, and we learn to love ourselves. Um, it's it's one of the things that I've recognized over the years is we. We're not that bad at loving others, but when it comes to loving self, we just, we just fall off the edge. And uh, students really need to recognize that that is still part of the Great Commandment, of, or, or the the, you know, the Great Commandment, and the second is like it, loving neighbor is self. They are good at loving neighbor. They're pretty poor at loving themselves. And they've gotten all sorts of messages, unfortunately, from organized churches, uh, to even college campuses at times, give false information about uh, who they are, and they focus upon what they're supposed to be doing rather than how they're actually to become a human being and caring about one another.
0: Okay, well, there there's some um, comments from Dr. Bill Saxby as one of the leaders in the background that he came from. Next up is uh, a young man by the name of Cody Adair, and like I mentioned at the top of the podcast, he has been doing this for um, a while. I I'm, I think he may mention it in, in the uh, interview that we did. Um, but he has been a loyal uh, participant and retreatant in, and during the time that he was in undergrad. And then uh, we have had a couple of alumni retreats that have been a part of uh doing uh the with SGI the silent retreat so uh and he's even gone so far as to lead another retreat um himself with a bunch of young men that I heard went uh pretty well I wasn't a part of it um and uh but it sounds like it went uh pretty well so um, without any further delay here's Cody
3: Well yeah my name is Cody and I have been on five retreats now um I'd say I decided to go it's it's become almost a yearly tradition I think at this point after 5 um I would say uh, the uh, amount of peace and simultaneous uh transformation and kind of that push is what keeps drawing me back for sure for sure What uh
1: what, was, what would you say you went in with I mean you've had 5 so um you've got some ones to compare against and you said something in the last retreat about how different it was from the others or how similar. I'm not sure what you said, but um tell me a little bit about about going into one and then on the backside of what often happens with what you saw.
3: Yeah, I think going into it, I, I feel like I've tried to minimize any expectations I have if possible. Um like, I think my expectations for this one was just to relax. And I think there was some of that, but I still felt really restless at times. And I was like, man, I can't even expect to relax. <laughs> I have to have no expectations. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> um, and, and I think in some ways it was. It's just like a really hard reset. You yeah. know, it just feels like a really good way to just, like, have kind of a end to, like, the chapter, especially when the times that we do it. Yeah. So, yeah. um yeah so i think going into this fifth one i think that you know what to i think expect in terms of what the actual days look like but the experience has been different every time and that's the part that's kind of crazy to me is like i mean and you can definitely attest to this having gone you know a few times over the years (laughs) um you know that there's just so much variety of experience when you're just engaging, I think, authentically with your heart and where it's at because of the constraints and everything of daily life. So, um, yeah, I, and I think coming out of the weekends, I I think I felt a sense of inspiration and empowerment, and I think that's been a pretty common theme, but I think I felt it pretty strongly coming out of this weekend because um, – I think just the courage and vulnerability everybody showed and how, you know, deeply everybody shared and um, yeah, I think seeing their lives and the courage it took to face everything that they were facing really um, empowered me to go out into the world and continue to push to live more authentically, continue to like learn to take the masks off and, you know, do more of the like, your stained self you <laughs> yeah, know yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> well, like, yeah, that. yeah you know <laughs> right there yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, um you know if you were to
1: sit down with somebody at Ben Sam, for example and they say why go at all what would your answer be
0: mm.
3: i would say Um, silent retreats are the single most transformative experience I've had my entire life. I can, I can name that without a shadow of a doubt. And I think the combination of the silence and the solitude compared with the, um, I think the group process and just how immensely impactful it is, is worth it alone. I, I would say that, um, if you're looking for something to, I think really break through and shake some stuff loose and allow you to come out on the other side, I think a lot more self-aware and a lot better able to like sit with yourself. You need to do a silent retreat because of, I think the richness that it produces in the inner world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, and you said, um, you want some things to shake loose, and most people are saying,
0: uh-uh, no, no, <laughs> no,
1: no, no, no. Oh, we're going to do that. Um, say something about other people's stories. You mentioned kind of the group process. and we do that debrief at the end of each day, how do people's stories kind of help help you? How do they help you move mm-hmm. forward in just your own wrestling with God?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I would say it's it's one of those things where you feel really seen without necessarily even having spoken kind of thing and there's just that you know non-coincidental theme that tends to run through most people's stories and I think it's just it amazes me how every time people tend to be struggling with like similar things even though like topic might be different there's an undercurrent of we're all struggling with similar things and we're all trying to rectify these different ideas of God and just the battle in between to find out like who God says he truly is and how we can engage with him further and so I think um Yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's like when you get to sit before another person and hear their heart just truly as it is. And I think when someone is actually just laying it all out there, it requires you to be present, to engage with that. And so I would say that that is how that process is just so powerful. I know.
1: So their risk kind of pushes you to take that risk.
3: Right? Totally, totally, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, what's uh? You know, I mean, are there anything else that you'd want somebody to know about doing a silent retreat? They're they're listening to, you know, I don't know how many people um are are listening to the podcast. There may be a dozen, but um. <clears throat> uh, but if they're saying, yeah, maybe, I'm not real sure, I mean, what? pull back the veil a little bit. What mm-hmm. what, do you, what would be the inside story, if you will, that would convince them to go further?
3: The number one thing that I hear from everybody when I tell them about silent retreat is, oh, I can never do that. I can't sit in silence. Yeah. And I always push back on that, and I'm like, Cancer won't. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, And I tell them, I'm like, you can definitely do it if you allow yourself to engage with it. And so I would say it feels really daunting on the outside to uh, enter into a process that feels so like big and uh, honestly kind of scary because a lot of times we're so distracted that the thought of silencing and like slowing down is scary because of the fear of what might pop up. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I suppose I would encourage to lean into that. It can feel scary and you'll be better for it. You'll be much better for it. I think the, the inner strength that it cultivates combined with the cathartic release of the retreats is just something utterly different from anything else we experience in day-to-day society and you're truly missing out if you don't allow yourself to engage in something like that and take that first step to at least sit in the silence even if you're not gonna broach some of the harder things that are happening even just to sit in the silence and engage in the process of just being is just so different and so transformational and I think that in and of itself is worth it even if you decide not to fully engage with where your heart is at on whatever issue it is.
0: All right. Well, there you have it. Um, uh, You get, you hear from uh, a younger member, certainly of our our, uh, group of people that have been involved with the silent retreats. And then of course, Dr. Bill Saxby, I I would uh, encourage you to reflect a little bit on what you heard and the challenge perhaps that you experience, even as you, uh, hear Dr. Saxby talk about it, or Cody. Then uh, another week, there will be another one that comes out with a couple other people uh, that uh, you'll get to hear from. Uh, again, a couple of young women that have been a part of it. One never has done one has never done one before, and the other is another experienced uh, retreatant for us in the silent retreats and so that uh, that wraps up the uh, uh podcast for us let me just end on a couple of thoughts one is just the idea of of sgi and the the purpose behind what we do and why we do it we have been uh it has been um around for uh not that long it's only been and i think i likened it to uh somebody that i talked to um, even I think it was today that that uh we are a very baby ministry. We are not uh, to the point yet where we are self sustaining and uh, so that's the podcast is a way really to uh, create some um, interaction and dialogue around what it's like and it, we will build in and do more retreats as we have a demand. right now we have three of them. Uh, we have uh, one in the first week of April, which is already full, and then we have another one in the second week of April that um, we are busy working hard at fundraising so that it can be affordable for students and young people to participate in it. So, um, and and then we have one in May for people other than CCU students or alums of uh, CCU that are coming back to uh, participate in another retreat. So that's what that's what's on the docket. I would encourage you to go to sgi-net.org. That is the the uh, digital home for uh, SGI, and all the information you could possibly want is there. Uh, when you hit the website for the very first time. Uh, you will get hit up with the annoying pop-up. I couldn't um, not do that. I want to encourage people to become part of our community of SGI and be a part eventually of, of the group so we might be able to put together with leaders to do that. Um, one of the big deals on the uh, radar right now is uh, there is a uh, book launch in, um, in the works Uh, So that if you are interested and you live in the Denver area, you certainly can come and uh, get to meet me if there's if there's any compelling thing about that. Um, But it's it's all geared around the book's um, uh, release on the 16th of January. The book launch will be a little bit later than that. Uh, But it's coming up, and if you're interested, when you hit the website, you can go to the store, SGI store, and what you'll find is a pre-order link uh, for the book if you're interested in it. It's called The Seasons of Our Grief. I actually got my very, very, very first copy that I can hold in my hands and look at and uh, marvel at the existence of it at all. So you can pre-order uh, anytime you want to be able to get your hands on one or uh, you can attend the book launch when it is announced. It will be announced in our social media channels, which include LinkedIn and um, Instagram and Facebook. So that's coming up. Stay tuned for that one. Uh, we will also have available uh, window stickers or water bottle stickers, however you want to decide to use them. Uh, To promote SGI and the Outpost podcast, they're only five bucks a piece, but all of them are geared toward uh, raising our profile and uh, raising funds for our um, for our retreats that are coming up. And that's uh, 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 five bucks a piece. And if you know somebody likes stickers, I was just up in steamboat over the weekend and I saw a truck. Uh, that his entire hood was covered in stickers. So uh, I was sorely tempted to run over and throw one on there because I figured he wouldn't notice anyway. But so window stickers are part of that. You can hit the SGI store and be able to order one of those. They're four inches in diameter, uh, big enough to be seen and certainly to uh, let people know. On the I, brazened on it um, is a motto, a Latin motto called "Esse quam videre," and what that means is to be rather than to seem, as uh, as the rallying cry for the things that we're doing in our retreats and also in the outpost groups as well. What's coming up is a four week series on grief and loss. I will be talking about the seasons of grief um, on those episodes that will be coming up. So, stay tuned uh, and watch watch for uh, a release of these podcasts. One will come out uh, certainly this week, uh, and they will start coming once a week after that. Usually, I've been trying to do it on a Monday morning. It doesn't always work that way. Uh, so, feel free to uh, listen in to those as a, a warm up for uh, the book coming out in the middle of, of January. So, um, the other thing I just mentioned to you is that uh, I did an interview with a former student of mine, Josh Korak, uh, and he has a podcast called Care for, with Karl Korak, uh, and it's on iTunes and Spotify. You can find it. There's also a uh, the interview itself is on the uh, website, sgi-net.org. Uh, go to media, and you will uh, be able to listen to it there if you want to do that. If you know anybody or if you're interested in supporting us, uh, we would be ever so grateful for any support that we can get. Uh, I don't care how small uh, to be able to help these retreats be affordable for young people to participate. you got to hear uh, from one of them today about the most spiritually transformative experience he's he's ever had. And that's saying a lot. And I, I must admit, when I was sitting there listening to him, I was uh, taken back. I was stunned uh, that he would make that statement. It makes sense given where he's come from and the kinds of things he's done. So if you're interested and want to help us out to support us uh, to make these retreats possible, please do so. You can do that on the donate page on the website. Or if you'd rather send us a physical check, you certainly can do that as well. Or you know somebody that would be interested in supporting um, the, the continued spiritual development of, of uh, Gen Z. Uh, they can send it to SGI, P.O. Box 322, East Lake, Colorado, 80614. So that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening in to it. It's a sh- shorter episode than usual, but it gives you an opportunity to hear from people that have actually experienced these retreats And um, maybe it's a call or an invitation to you to listen in your own heart to what God might have for you in participating in retreats like this. So thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for taking the time to do that. And until next time, love you later. Bye. Bye.